This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Dumpty Dump, a show about the reality docudrama that has entered an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the sophisticated soiree that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the burning chair leg that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Adam's 50th birthday party, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dump comes from Fat Bloke Talking. He's made note blocks on Minecraft and was a little, and it was a little project with his son Alex, who's age 10. Now, I don't know which bit of that that made any sense to you, Lucy. I do, I do know about Minecraft because William used to play it. Yeah, well, I, I know that. That's but, it. But what are note blocks? I don't know. I don't know how it makes a noise. Why, is this, why is this fat bloke even talking? Well, none of it makes any sense to me. <laughs> fat, he, fat bloke talking is his Twitter handle and he oh. also does the What Rob Did Next Twitter I, account, which is very funny. Yeah, no, I know. And he's up there in kind of close to Norfolk land or something or another. He's up, is he? up Yeah, 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 ah. yeah. Yeah, so he's very clever. He's very clever, very funny. And and actually, um, folks, uh, because Minecraft is very much a visual thing, there's even a video clip, so I'm going to whack that on dumdydum.com. Ah! Yeah. And you can see the thing going along and hitting all the notes. <laughs> but Lucy... Somebody else, yes. some other fat dad likes to play Minecraft with his son mm. uh, and wants to similarly try to do the Archer theme tunes in uh, note blocks. How can they do that? If you would like to sing or play us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or enjoy what you refer to as a relaxing evening while your brother hurls cutlery at you from across the bar, then call uh-huh. us on 0203 uh-huh. or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thank you to Cosmo, uh, Cosmo for his podcast roundups. Uh, and for doing the Dumpty Dogs and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's had a lovely week at Glastonbury, actually. He's the Daily Mail's Glastonbury correspondent. Um, he had to call in sick this week, though, because he dropped in on Goddess Diva's wedding at the Stone Circle. He asked if she had anything for a headache. And now he's in A&E at Bristol and thinks he's Lorraine Kelly. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we have calls from Lord Louise, who's gone a bit paranoid. Witherspoon, 
who's crossed with Lucy, not the only person. The mean things you're saying to me, saying about me on social media, and JoJo Sexy Heels, who's queen of the lyrics. But first, before all that, it's Lucy V Freeman's week in Ambridge, and I'm all huffy, so I'm not really going to listen to it. There you go. Over to you. Okay. Pep has not even stopped for lunch since she's been back from Wrinkley. Ben and Josh were doing nothing, Ruth was moaning, David was confused, and Pip was doing everything else. She's vacuuming Hayden Barrow as I speak. Uh, Justin was very impressed with Arkwright Hall, but he does have a fondness for ancient monuments. Talking of Lillian, she was beating herself up for upsetting poor Lindy Bottom. Justin's lawyers are standing by, he said in his chat with Tom. They're all there waiting to fleece you blind. Oh, sorry, help you negotiate. Matt then rang Tom, like deep throat, but less reliable. And Tom <laughs> put his big boy pants on and went off to see Justin to say, I have reason to believe you should give me even more money than the astonishing and surprising offer you've already made. Justin pulled Tom's big boy pants down and walloped him on the arse. Well done, Tom. <laughs> Excellent. No, no, actually, it's all right, because this is how business works. Someone unexpectedly offers you a million quid for something, and instead of saying thank you very much, you say no bugger off. And anyway, someone else almost definitely wants the land. No, a real person on the bus, they said. And they said the moon landings were made up, and you can tell by the flag. Just trust me on this one, said the walking sausage. <laughs> Josh is not going to university. That is only university's gain, as far as I can see. It would be tricky for him anyway, having a room in his halls of residence full of rusty cultivators we could do with more men said tracy well i could anyway she was talking about the cricket tracy is cultivating a weird form of sledging which seems to involve shouting loudly at everybody and declaiming her incompetence to whoever will listen she also has a lucky charm no one knows what it is but she keeps it in her gym bag which keeps buzzing and making its way across the floor of the justin elliott memorial knicker change <laughs> as the new damara sponsored ladies changing room may or may not be called Hootie and Krusty went off smoking in the orchard again. I could do with another puff, said Jill. Is there any of that lemon drizzle cake left? Then they went back to the kitchen and couldn't stop laughing at the taps. Freddie bugged <laughs> college and carried on growling, which is now his consistent response to being told to do anything. He's had his allowance stopped, which Freddie says is blackmail. I'm not sure it is, actually. But it's fine, though, as he has a new career as a picker. He didn't do much picking on his first day, but he did do a lot of wandering around saying, so tell me, what is life like without a trust fund? It must be marvellous to feel so free. In the romance <laughs> of the century, Rex forgot that he'd asked Anisha to organise where they were going to eat, so neither of them booked anything. So they were going to have ch chips at the bus stop, as if that's what you do when you're 14. But then it turned out they didn't go anywhere, as Rex had a better offer spending the evening with an elderly gentleman in Birmingham. Well, needs must, and it was well paid. <laughs> and the award for Businessman of the Year goes to Tom Archer once more, who managed to lose £100,000 in one conversation. My goodness, he's like Bernie Madoff, but incompetent. Things have come to a pretty pass when the only way to rescue a situation is to send Tony in as a tough-talking negotiator. <laughs> Tony's solution was to go, please, Justin, my son's an idiot. Honestly, he's three chipolatas short. He thinks babies want to eat compost. Lillian finally twigged that this was all down to naughty old Matt. But I don't understand how this was supposed to teach Justin a lesson. Because what's happened is Justin's got the land he wanted for less money. Ha! That'll teach him. Oh, 
Oh, I am so sorry we missed the chat with Freddie's head of year. I'd love to have seen him or her head in hands, nervous twitch like Herbert Lom in the Pink Panther films and rocking back and forth. Once Rex had recovered from his evening with the old man in Birmingham and washed the taste of fibre gel out of his mouth, he actually had his date with Anisha. The rest of us have lost the will to live, but they struggle on. After months of, I eat men like you for breakfast, rah, don't you mess me around because I'm a cross between Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct and Greta Garbo. Once she actually got her date with Rex, she came over all Jane Austen on the doorstep and said, oh dear, I'm not sure. This was after lots of ploppy noises of them kissing. I hate radio kissing noises. What's wrong with a firm handshake? Hootie has got a new job terrifying people in Dorchester about bees. Support wildlife or I'll move in with you carrying my writing desk, said Hootie. And my writing desk is full of bees. Give me another puff of that thing, Krusty. You're a natural, said Krusty. You're so good with people the way you chase them down the street shouting. Roy and Phoebes turned up at Adam's 50th birthday party to give him his present. The best things come in small packages, Phoebe said. That is actually true, actually, said Roy defensively. The party ended just as Adam likes it with lots of half-naked men wrestling. Sadly, Mm. one of them was called Mouse, which I suppose could be ironic. And then they set fire to a chair. Adam had to go and have a lie down. Freddie got extremely overexcited at the idea of boys hitting one another. And there was a strange frisson between Phoebe, Freddie and Roy and a woman called Lexi, who sounds sporty if she's a day. So presumably more Roy's demographic. I think Phoebe may have joined the Order of the Donut as she was very quick to point out that she didn't have a boyfriend. No boyfriend, no, but I have spent every night this week in an Argentine leglock with the captain of the women's wrestling team at Girton. Hurrah! Lesbianism Mm -hmm. has come to Ambridge. Give it 10 minutes and Alice will have added that to her CV too. The end! No, Lexi is going to end up with Roy. Yes, she is. Yeah, that's so incredibly being telegraphed. Um, hmm... Where do we begin, Freeman, with the last week in Ambridge? I loved, I loved the chat with Lillian and Matt. I really Why loved so? that. Why so? Because, I don't know, it was just sort of adult and messy. It wasn't all just clear cut and, you know, right, I, I, oh, I don't know. It's just, She's acknowledging, yes, yes, you're a disaster and yes, I'm still attracted to you, but also I'm making a grown-up decision, which is to to uh, to stay with boring old Justin. Um, and I know I know that Witherspoon has words with me later on this, but there we are. Um, I just thought it was really nice. I liked uh, and the ge- the genuine panic in Matt's voice when he thought she was dead. But I mean, that's not about loving someone, is it? I mean, you know, if I was walking down the road with you and you suddenly, you know, walked into a lamppost and knocked yourself out, I'd be slightly, well, well, extremely anxious that you were dead. Um, but, you know, so it's not it's not that. But it's You'd be anxious of... hoping that I was dead. <laughs> no, I'd be anxious you might come round. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's not... That, that bit was a bit kind of... That was a bit of an obvious uh, kind of... Um, you know trope mm. uh you know the, the, you suddenly realize what you feel but it's it wasn't that it wasn't that he suddenly realized what he felt he know what he felt he knows exactly what he feels about Lillian and um you know and he's sort of quite matter of fact about it you know she's going to make her decision and she's made her decision and 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 that's that but I did not understand this silly why would he why would he try and derail the the land plans for Justin when he knew perfectly well that no one else was really interested and it would just result in getting a better deal. He's mm. too canny for that. That's just silly. Mm. 
Well, I'll, 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 I'll move. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll move on from that, and I think that Matt is just was just used as a way to show up Tom's ignorance in terms of yeah. a, a plot point, and yeah. his, um, you know, and the fact that he's always thought that he, you know, he could um, go into the boardroom, so to speak, and cut a great deal. And whether it was with the supermarket, he didn't, and he hasn't done with, and he didn't with Brian. Brian took him to the cleaners. And then there was, and then now there is Justin, but um, and and I, and I completely agree with you. I didn't understand that the whole the whole thing with Matt. But coming back onto this actual deal, actually, what Tom asked for was actually quite reasonable. He just did it in the wrong order, didn't he? Initially, yeah. what he should have said when Justin says it's a million quid, he says, "Well, we'll think about it." And and we'll get back to you, and then and, and you know and in between that and, and the next meeting, he should have he should have been going back to him and said, well, the land is being valued at X and Y and Z and blah 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 blah. You know, but he but, still hasn't had it valued. No, 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 he he's hasn't. Just, he's just no. gone to other people and said, but what? But then Justin said, land is only worth what people are willing to pay for it. So is well, there any point in having land well, valued? But there well, must be. No, but no, but but of course there is. Course I haven't is. sold very much land, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm not, you know. No, I'm, but there I'm are land value surveys and things like that. So yes. you you, you yes. do have like an idea of what something is worth. But it is true that only anything is only worth what someone is prepared to pay for it. Land or chocolate bars, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. how capitalism works. You know, it's um, you know, need, want, and. and demand and supply and whatever anyway moving swiftly on um what else can we talk about the bees i don't know right you know me i love me some crusty and i love me some jill but i'm finding this a little little bit awfully dull you know really? yeah i am this cross-generational friendship well i appreciate that's what it is also i appreciate that a new Krusty is blossoming, isn't she? She's, she's, in terms, you know, she's. We've had angry, eco-friendly warrior Kirsty. Yeah. We've had Kirsty wrapped up with Tom. We've had uh, Kirsty and the miscarriage, and all those elements are still there, but going to be gentler, aren't they? That she's going to have um, a true appreciation to the land and nature. So she still has her ethics, she still has her politics, etc. But it's going to be somewhat modified by actually being part of watching the husbandry of nature. And and Jill is being her custodian for this and helping her through this. But hey, I just think it's just all a bit dull. I'm sorry. And I love both of those characters. I quite like it, but I'm a massive fan of bees and I've always wanted a beehive and everything. So I do really like the bee bits. <laughs> well, I love the bee bits too, you know, and, <laughs> you know, the eight-year-old boy in me is always fascinated by bees and ants, you know. Yeah. How can they be so clever if their brains are so small? How yeah. can they talk to each other? How can they communicate? Blah, 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 blah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that um, this is just to get us into this this new phase of Kirsty's Kirsty's life because Jill's not going anywhere is she this is not going to develop Jill's character one iota it's all about Kirsty oh no i don't know you know really this is something that um lord louise talks about in her course i i think this there is something in this that's Jill suddenly realizing everybody can fend for themselves now and 
You're right. Oh, I mean, you're right. No, no, you are right because she said about in, the, the, in, the family won't miss her, etc. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ultimately, they, they, of course, they, they have all been able to fend for themselves for, for decades. But she's kind of thinking, hang on, what do I want to do? How do I want? Why am I busting a gut? You know, I'm 86 million years old. Why am I busting a gut getting cake ready for people who, who aren't there? You know, mm. it's like her role's changing. So she's got to look outside of the family for something more interesting and fulfilling to do. And she's sort of going back to her roots, which was doing the demonstrations at the at the department store. If that's where Phil first met her, you know, true doing that. all these um, true things. True that. That's you're, what she was doing clever. when he met her. Anyway. You're, you're clever like that. Um, Freddie, Freddie Pardicher. <laughs> what a little knob he is. <laughs> he really is something else, isn't he? <laughs> oh. I don't know how serious we're supposed to take this this character i really don't he's he's such a caricature of a caricature um that <laughs> i listen with my mouth agape yeah right i think the younger actors have it hard on any any drama and there is something which feels slightly inauthentic to me in terms of the d the delivery. I don't know whether he's been directed to to amp this up just a little, so you feel like he's um, a buffoon and not massively unlike his father in a way, right? That yeah. there's this certain sense of social ineptness, but because he's young, and he still has that sense of overwhelming kind of entitlement. That it just yeah. comes over crashingly but crass. Teenagers, <laughs> speaking as one who lives with them at the moment, it's it, they do often sound as if they're speaking from a really badly written script, except they've <laughs> written the script themselves. Do you know what I mean? It's Simon and I call it Hollyoaks. Oh, God, she's gone all Hollyoaks again, you know, and it's sort of like... Mm. You just don't understand how important it is, you know. And you think, "Oh, that I'd never have written that. That was that was terrible." But it's it's actually what they, you know, it's how they they view their life in this terribly romantic life and death cosmic terms, you know. You know, I I think you're right, and I think that really this says about as much about me as it does about whoever's <laughs> written this because because it's coming out of that mouth of that posh accent. I yeah. instinctively, you know, I, I clench my sphincter and go, ooh, you know. <laughs> Stop talking now. Stop talking. Stop talking. It's that, that's what it is. That's what it is. You know, this person had a whole lot of... Find Lily? Well, I find her much more palatable because actually she's more considered, even though she's there is a level of social understanding with her and she kind of gets the world. And, you know, and I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, the, la the last time I was on, that I actually really quite like the scene where um, there was some booking for Lower Loxley and she sorted it out. Yeah. Lizzie yeah. was in a flap and she said, yeah. no, 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 I will call this person back, etc., etc." So she has got practical skills. She, yes, she frequently... Uh, talks about the fact that she understands people and tries to sort out like Johnny's love life, etc. But she does have, you know, she understands systems, she understands people, she has a certain level of social empathy and actually understands her brother to quite a large degree. Yeah. So he doesn't understand her. So I actually quite like her. And as, and as I said, you know, before, the fact that she sounds so different and has a different character set from all the other young women on the Archers 
um, I, I think it's a great thing. Obviously, Freddie is Nigel uh, Rick Large, but younger. But, but without the charm. No, exactly. Which is, Nigel what... had a sort of a self-deprecating, oh, yes. I'm just a bit of an idiot. Freddie, and Fred, there's an element of nastiness to Freddie. No, that's exactly that what I, I was about to say. Like Freddie is angry mm. about being thick. Yes. He's angry about being thick. And, and to be fair to the poor boy, well, he's anything but poor, uh, to be fair to him, the fact that his mother is dragging him through the educational system, mm. you know, kicking and screaming, you'd understand the reason why he might be upset about it. Though, in, in a funny way, he's incredibly entitled. But of course, those people who are incredibly entitled do not see their entitlement, do they? No. You know, he so he doesn't see at all. <sighs> yeah. Mm. But you're right. There is a, an, an edge to his narcissism. But you kind of understand, you know, if you can't physically can't do this and he's been dragged through exam after exam, you know, there comes to a point where I do understand his frustration with that. But he's yeah, yeah he's not he's not an over, overwhelmingly nice kid. He isn't. He's almost, you know, he reminds me of um, Prince Harry. Stop Do you remember it. when Prince Harry went through that weird phase where he got caught dressed up as Hitler and stuff? Or got dressed caught. up as... You know, you mean he put the Hitler costume on and went to a fancy dress party yes. and was photographed yes. as yeah. he got caught. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and now he's doing interviews saying that nobody wants to be royal and it's just sort of thrust upon them and they well, just have to... Well, he didn't quite say that. What he said was nobody wants to be king or queen. Yeah. He isn't quite saying you don't want to be royal. Like I want all no. the privilege that goes with goes with it. Uh, I'm going to be jetted around and whatever. Yeah. But I don't actually want to be sat on the throne. Because I used to not be able to bear him because I thought he had he was a bit like Freddie and it used to really get on my nerves that all he seemed to do was just piss about. Mm. Um, you know, and similar thing, death of a parent, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, but he sort of seems to have um, got himself sorted out in the last couple of years as he's got older. And, you know, yes, he's still zooming around the world being photographed with uh, nice young ladies and things like that. But she's a bit scrumptious, isn't she? <laughs> he does seem to have sort of um, pulled his finger out slightly and mm. um, is now doing useful stuff. You know, like he's got campaigns that he's he's interested in and he actually does some decent work now and, you know, makes a difference to... However, superficial he make he does make a difference, like to the um, Paralympian stuff and all that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think maybe it's a that's a rite of passage that uh, very wealthy upper middle class <laughs> kids have to go through. Maybe you know. Mm. Well, here, here's the thing, and it's a real kind of segue uh, into really what we're talking about. But hopefully, I'll just make it relatively brief and and come back on onto your point. I, I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of Prince Harry, but I'm actually a fan. I actually don't don't mind him at all, and I think you're right to say to spot that he's be you know he's gone on somewhat of an arc um, in terms of the affection of which the public hold him. Yeah. And here's my little segue. So obviously the last couple of weeks there's been um, various um, tragedies of, of befallen our, our capital city, and. The Borough Market terrorist incident hit home to me 
because one of my best friends, an old girlfriend of mine, works at Borough Market. So she was 100 metres away from where those people um, tragically lost their lives. Now, I met Taya in 1999 and I always used to sing um, Don't You Want Me Baby because she was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> she was working as a barista in Cafe Nero and she'd been in England for 10 days when I met her. And we were together. Um, Where's she from? She's from Italy. Oh, okay. From, the, from Alto Adige, the German-speaking bit of Italy. And uh, so we were together um, for about five years or so. And, and in the last eight years, she set up her own business at Borough Market selling speck. So... Um, alpine cured meats yeah she is such an example of um, somebody who just has worked hard created her own business oh she's an immigrant funnily enough and she now employs six seven people and there she was um, three four weeks ago happened to be a hundred meters away from where these tracks where you know these people lost their lives through to these cowardly ter- terrorist action. Now, the reason why I mention all of this is because Borough Market was closed for about 10 days, so she couldn't um, earn any money. Un- understandably, the police had to comb it forensically. But she's such an advocate, she's such a model market storeholder that Sadiq Khan visited her at a store. Um, you name it, every government dignitary has been to her store. She's been on Sky News and Prince Harry also went to see her as well. And I felt incredibly proud to see, you know, my friend who, you know, was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I met her. But just to see the picture of her with Prince Harry talking to her and and I just thought, you know what, I could have lost her. Yeah. And she was, you know, loose you know she's like my best friend right Mm. and I could have lost her and for and I welled up massively when I saw him talking to her and yes Borough Market because her store does so well you know she's just been on everything Lucy Sky News you name it she's in the standard you know there, there she was with the mayor but I was just so proud and and I actually did feel like the establishment for want of a better word recognized her and people like her and the work that they did so i was really glad that prince harry was was there and you know and was chatting to her nobody deserved that pat on the back that you know yes you're italian but you're british you know keep your stiff upper lip Mm. let's just go through it get through this together you know like she did and, but it just makes you realise all these things that are happening in the world that are touching people so close to us. And then just for added um, irony, if that's the right word, she only lives a quarter of a mile away from Grenfell Tower. You mm. know, so, so yeah. And your children went to yeah, nursery yeah, yeah. in Grenfell Tower, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Ella both, both went there. But yeah, but it's just, it was just... Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so Prince Harry... And uh, and Freddie Pardicher, <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe maybe maybe, um, 
maybe there is something between the link between um, upper class oiks and you know them just having to realize and find their position in life. You know, for 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 Prince Harry, it was going off into the army, wasn't it, and uh, being selfless and and that way. You I kind of know. do think. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not one of those people that says bring back, you know, national, national service. service. But I do think Freddie needs a proper proper dose of hard bloody work and strawberry picking fruit picking is bloody horrible it's mm. boiling hot your back kills you get scratched it's incredibly boring it you know it's a shit job so mm. if he can manage to do that for three days on the trot i will be amazed because usually after the first day people can't stand up mm. and also he'll see and if anyone from... needs a good a good strawberry thorn in their or something thorn in their in their flesh it's freddy bit of um bit and, of uh but also mutilation to a, do wonders for him and also it's a social leveler isn't it so yep. you get to meet people from other backgrounds etc etc yep. and they go back to a caravan and he goes back to his stately home absolutely yes so um to be done freddy yeah, we haven't even done a call yet, you know. <laughs> I know, but there aren't that many calls, so we might just keep riffing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've done... We haven't really talked about um, Rex and Anisha, have we? You <sighs> mentioned it in your monologue, but... Is there anything to talk about? I'm just, I just find it tedious. It is tedious, and I'm glad you Actually, said that. Actually, before... But, but I'm interrupting. Roy Field, future Royfield, I'm interrupting this. You need to edit it back in again. Mm-hmm. Can we play Lord Louise's call before we start talking about all of that? Because everything she said, we've just said. All right, then. The okay, call. smashing. So why don't I say something like this? Oh, Lucy, it's about... Don't you think it's about time we listen to the great caller in us? Hello, Ambridge3962. Yes, let's start with Lord Louise. Smashing. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, and all the fabulous Dumpty Dumbers out here. This is Lord Louise, your American aristocrat, calling from the stately manor, where things have been a little bit slow this week, which led me to have a kind of alternative universe plot prediction. In some strange world, I believe that Matt hid a miniature surveillance bug somewhere on or in the figurines he gave back to Lillian, and he's been using the intel gathered from that to thoroughly and accurately undermine Justin's deals and intercept Lillian's every move. The truth, of course, is that all one needs is a brief daily conversation with super sleuth Susan, and all your neighbor's details will be laid bare. I would like more Tracy Horobin talking shit, kicking ass, and taking names, please. And what kind of good luck charm could she have been so embarrassed by that she couldn't even say it aloud? Her favorite brand of tampon? Her unwashed lucky thong? The mind boggles. It was deeply satisfying to hear Tony just rip into Tom this week, but then it drove me crazy to hear Helen tell Tom not to beat himself up. Yes, Tom should definitely and ideally literally beat himself up. And if he says, you have to trust me one more time, I'll fly to Ambridge and give him a good smack personally. Finally, I'm excited to have Jill be, I don't know, the new Kirsty. Just so long as she doesn't get heart palpitations or something, I think it's awesome for her to have somewhat something exciting and invigorating other than caring for her whiny-ass family's every need. I just dread hearing Ruth's tiresome voice saying, We're just worried about you being out all day and so far from home. Bullshit, pretend Ruth in the future. 
Blaze fierce, Grandma Jill. Blaze tall and fierce, annoy passersby, nerd out on bees, and more power to you. That's it. Love to all of you fabulous Dumpty Dummers out there. Rock and roll. Um, should we do Witherspoon now? Hmm. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell and all Dumpty Dummers around the world Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here It's sunny and 29 degrees Celsius around the pool in Newburgh, New York Here we consider this a beautiful summer's day Anyway, down to business. First up, Tom and his need for the therapeutic couch. As Naked Fingers pointed to last week, he is so, so angry. And whether it's directed at Tony or David Archer or others, it seems to have Oedipal origins. We must also ask Tom to explore his relationship with his long-dead older brother. Tom's feelings of inadequacy and rage fuel his long history of making impulsive, poorly thought-out decisions, and burning bridges in his relationships. Occasionally, he appears to have matured, but clearly this is not the case. Kirsty, you're good to be rid of him. Next, well, this is more of a rant, and I had been planning it before Friday's episode, and the rant is directed toward Lucy. Really? You would choose Matt over Justin? Now, I must confess, I was not a fan of Justin when he first appeared in Ambridge, but his hard edges have softened a bit. He still has a tendency to control and to conceal, but compared to Matt, he is a saint. Lucy, I think you have been looking at Matt and Lillian's relationship through the deepest of rose-colored glasses. Matt is an aging sociopath through and through, and he's not going to change. And our Lillian turned 70 on July 8th. I think she deserves someone who will provide her with love, support, and security. Now, I hope she doesn't decide to blow it all sky high, as the song goes, because choosing Matt would be a mistake. I'm glad she didn't fall for him on Friday. That's it for now. I'm sure I speak for New York Nigel as well in wishing you all a happy gay pride from the Big Apple. Adam and Ian, what about that parade through Ambridge? We can all wear Hawaiian shirts. Talk to you soon. With a spoon, don't be cross with me. I don't like it when you're cross with me. I know he's an aging sociopath, but I quite like. I'm quite fond of an aging sociopath, to be honest. See, I'm quite fond of Brian. I'm quite fond of Matt. Oh, Brian's not a sociopath. Come on, that says terrible things about me. I know. Um, Yeah, I'm. I'm slightly worried about Tom actually, because. He, you know, like I said in my monologue, he's he's tried to put his big pants on and had them pulled off him, hasn't he? Mm. And I don't know where he goes now because he keeps Tom. This is about Tom's fourth new start. You know, he's forever saying, "That's definitely it now, Helen. I'm gonna I'm gonna just get my head down and I'm gonna." He said it after after the Kirsty thing. He said it when he came back from um, wherever the hell it was. He went after he messed up Kirsty. Um, he said it after the miscarriage. He said it now. Yeah, this is the fifth time, and it's just you, you think just if you didn't if you didn't get so carried away with yourself, you wouldn't need to keep making new starts. If you just went a little bit slowly and thought for two and a half seconds before you did things, you wouldn't have to spend the whole time in reverse trying to fix what you've done wrong before. He did it with yeah, he did it with Tony and the uh, not Tony with Neil and the pigs. Uh, he did it with the supermarket buyer. He did it with when he went into business with Brian. He's forever saying, I've learned my lesson now. And then he gets himself in exactly the same situation again. 
Mm. But we know, though, that he's struggling at the moment for direction, isn't he? It's direction and meaning in life. Yeah, and I think maybe what Kirsty said to him kind of um, needled him a little bit. You know, when she said, you're, you know, you're just interested in the money now, you're not. I mean, she's too far the other way, in my opinion. And he's, you know, she wants the countryside to be run like some kind of just a, an enormous conservation park with actually nothing happening in it, apart from butterflies. Um, and and he's slightly too far the reverse, uh, or she thinks he is. So I think that needled him. So maybe he went in hard. He's like, right, if I'm going to do, it's playing in the bins, isn't it? If I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this really, really, I'm going to get absolutely the best deal that I can. Mm. And, then, and then he just gets sort of carried away with himself and you think, oh, stop it. But he's too old to be doing this shit now, isn't he? <laughs> well, is he like mid thirties, early to mid thirties? But I, 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 I think we can be a little bit harsh on on old Tom, and I just think you know he has has had the loss of uh, the miscarriage, um, and he absolutely did want to be a father, and he only feels any real connection emotionally other than with his family but actually with, with Kirsty, so that's kind of problematic where they are at the moment so he feels somewhat kind of rudderless and you know charged in there to do this deal and yeah he got his uh arse spanked but I, I you know I, I think we're a little little bit harsh and older uh, old Tom Archer but yeah I don't like him much but yeah his heart is in fundamentally kind of in the right place but he just you know he i remember his heart's in the right place but his mouth is also no no, no. but, in if, his but, ass, but if we because no. he does he there is something about the cut and thrust of a deal with him because all that time or if we wind the clock back to when he went into business with brian he mm -hmm. do you remember he always used to call him uncle brian and then when they went into business, Brian yeah, says, yeah. You, you, can, you can stop that now. I, I'm Brian. Yeah. And, yeah. and literally his, his chest puffed out, you know, and, and he saw himself as an equal. He absolutely yeah. wasn't. No. Right? But he saw himself as an equal. And there, there is that element, you know, to Tom. Hence, he, you know, rushed in there, you know, Dad, I don't need your your yeah. counselling I can just go and do this deal with Justin etc but, et but then when he gets it wrong and when Tony says no I'll, I'll, I'll go and see Justin now he says no 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 dad it's my mess I'll fix it and then he goes mm. in and loses them another hundred grand and then he's <laughs> like okay um, this is that offer still mm. about you going to do it dad that would be great thank you yeah. I don't there's something about he's got a kind of a bit of a love hate relationship with with money Tom I think when you've been brought up to sort of because the 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 bridge farm archers have a have a, an, an an inherent distrust of anybody with money mm. you know tony's always very scathing about lillian well with all her money you know la 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 and pat's always she's quite kind of um uh you know acerbic about brian or you know she assumes that there's some sort of it's all dodgy and all this stuff um and helen's a, a little bit the same and then you and then Tom is kind of intrigued, but it's like he's got to he's got a very eat as Witherspoon said, there's a very Oedipal thing going on. But Tom's actually got to beat Tony. He's got to say in his own brain, it's like he's got to say, Okay, 
I can be like you and I can I can um, act to the same ethics only better, but I can actually make money out of it as well, which you never have managed to do. Um, so it's kind of and, and that's the bit where it goes wrong. It's that that need to not just be equal to, but better than that. Mm. That's the bit that always gets him into trouble every time. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Is yes. that yes, yes, yes? Shut up! <laughs> no, 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 no! I just think you, I think I think you've nailed it. And the one thing about the you know their mother about his mother and father is that their politics, their ethics, their their views on the world have actually remained somewhat fixed, haven't they? And which which you've mm. rightly said. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Tom's has noticeably drifted, of which yeah. um, Kirsty was said, you know, you are not the Tom Skating. that I used to know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Helen's always been a little bit kind of wishy-washy about these things. Tom has definitely uh, gone from being um, some kind of radical green to um, a Tory, for for want for want of a better yeah. word. You know, not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with being a but Tory, Tom folks. Just, Tom just always wants to play with the big boys. No, he always it. feels yeah. somehow as if there's there's a secret deal going on that he doesn't know about. Mm. And you know, if he can just find the secret. You know that everyone else has got the secret code except him. Maybe that's just what being a young, a young. Oh, no, it's not because otherwise we just said that about Freddie, haven't we? Mm. But it's, oh, I don't know. It's very uh, infuriating to listen to because he just gets. He makes a say. You know the definition of lunacy is doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting a different result. Mm. And Tom has made the same mistake. People make mistakes and learn from them, and then you have every. You know you're supposed to, and then you don't do it again. But Tom g- makes the mistake, thinks about it a-, a great deal, has this huge sort of epiphany and this huge sort of big chat with himself and says, right, I'm going to not do this and I'm going to... I've learnt my lesson. And then within months has done exactly the same thing again. Mm. True that. And something's that. Got, to, got to change that. But I don't know, I don't know what there is left to change, really. Mm. One of these days he- are gonna walk all over you. Hi there, Dumpty Dummies. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Had to call in this week. Adam's party was a joy, wasn't it? Um, of course, he is our own gay queen, so we had to have a bit of queen in the background singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, a little bit later on, we also had Eurythmic singing Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world in the seven seas. Everybody is looking for something. Some of them want to use you. Some of them want to get used by you. Some of them want to abuse you. Some of them want to be abused. Well, that really is the uh, the story of the Bridge Farm um, children, isn't it? And... A little bit earlier on in the day, we had Pat and Tony and Tom failing to get over the um, blocking pass in, that was imposed by Justin, which of course was not, not a surprise to any of us listening in. But throughout the entire conversation, we had Carol King singing, You've Got a Friend. And if you listen to the uh, the lyrics of that about when you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing is going right... Close your eyes and think of me. Soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. Well, we all know that Tom is the one 
that let down poor Kirsty. And if ever he needed somebody to care for him and actually look out for him, it's Kirsty. And what's he done? He's cocked it up again. So lovely to talk to you all. Speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Anyway, on that note, that's the end of the calls. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Mm. Hmm. Should we so, do a bit Millie Bell? Uh, yeah. Okay. But why don't we have a little ad break first? Okay. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um... I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, If your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going? Can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something, something nice to think about, something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a, a universality really. The people aren't all like me as I 
hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election. The total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it's not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. G'day everyone. Well, we've had really rubbish internet here at Shay's Millie Bell, so let's hope this gets out to you this week. Uh, on the forum, uh, we've been discussing quite a number of things, and I noticed that anything with a love interest gets more interest, which I find fascinating, because that's the stuff I'm usually least interested in. But there is a discussion about whether Adam should have reported the incident to the police, which is rather good, and a discussion about friendship. So uh, I encourage you to get onto our forum and get stuck in uh, having conversations about our favourite topic with other listener-innerers. On the Facebook page, uh, we discussed Ruth and David and whether their reaction to Josh was reasonable. I opined that parent myself and my kids are about the same age, that I know that in the end they're going to do what they want to do and so they should because it's their lives. But if my kids didn't tell me something because uh, they were 
concerned about my reaction, that I would worry uh, that I'd done something wrong there. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm being too soft, so uh, what did other people think? Eleanor said, uh, Eleanor Dent said that Ruth and David were particularly annoying in Sunday's episode. Josh doesn't need their permission for any decision about his education. He's an adult. They need to realise their children are not an automatic asset to the farm. They need a proper arrangement. If you are adult, living there and not contributing through labour, then pay rent. A sliding scale of money or labour and charge Josh's business as they do the Fair Brothers. Obviously, Jill pays her way through casseroles and flapjacks. And Eleanor, I thought you said that so beautifully and I wish that I'd had your turn of phrase when I was putting up my first post. With a spoon said another point of view. First was their uh, reaction much more different from the reaction I would expect from most of the parents I see in my office. In a word, no. Do they have a certain set of expectations for him as all parents have for their kids? Yes. Does that mean their expectations are correct? No. Was Josh afraid of the reaction when he eventually decided to tell them? Yes, a bit. Was Josh being underhanded in withholding his decision from his parents? Yes, as well. Life is complicated and parenting is hard. I agree with you with Spoon. I think parenting can be hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard if you're smart about it. You can't always be smart about it. And on this occasion, I just didn't think that Ruth and David were doing themselves any justice as parents. That's only my opinion. Uh, We also talked about um, Justin and his response to Tom's negotiating. Now, I have to say that I thought that as an astute businessman, Justin would be impressed with Tom uh, for for having a go. Um, But he took it so personally, and that really did take me back. And uh, Jessica Dysel said, I think that Tom is a bit of a fool to ask for more without a solid competing offer. No way I would take Matt's word for anything. (laughs) We'll all say that. We're all there with you, Jessica. The conversation actually made me like Justin a teeny bit more. Even if the land is worth more, he seemed to be interested in a mutually beneficial uh, relationship. I think you're nicer than me. I'm not sure that I agree with that. I think Justin's just out for whatever Justin can get, but I will tell. Uh, Robin Sutton says, I agree with you. Justin seemed to be saying they had agreed on a deal, but I only recall him giving an approximate price and no conditions at all. I think anyone who sells valuable asset without some kind of valuation market or expert is an idiot. Justin seems to think that's what Tom should have done. Having said that, Tom could have handled it better. Yeah, I think that was the thing that um, got me Robin. I think it's reasonable for them to have checked out what is the land worth, etc. And I was just so surprised that he, I, I could understand if he was cross and you know didn't want dismissed it from a financial point of view, but he just seemed so to take it so personally, and I didn't think it was right. Further discussions we talked about Ad, uh, Freddie having a year off from study, a really good thread there. Suggest you go and have a look um, and get involved on that one because that was rather fun. And we also had a big discussion about the Matt Lillian scene. Lots of opinions there. So really um, encourage you to put your two penneth in there. We had a look at the article about um, EastEnders Sean O'Connor being extra on the soap, which we just put up there for a bit of interest. I mean, he's not really on our, shouldn't really be on our radar, but it came up. Uh, so we've had a bit of a discussion about that. We also have a fantastic video from Derek Gower. Um, it's um, you've got to go and look at it, but it's basically a cow machine that turns cows on their sides so they can have their hooves cleaned, which is hilarious. And I'm going to leave you in Yokel Bear's capable hands for the next five weeks as I'm overseas. Hooroo! Thank you, Millie Bell. Hey, Lucy. What? I just thought I'm never gonna have to say in future thank you to Yokel Bear. 
Because... Oh, that's nice. Oh, I see. Yes. No, I'm sure they'll change around at some point. They won't always be doing. But basically, for the most part, I'm I'm on the Millie Bell weeks. Okay. Right. Yes. For those of you that don't know, that Naked Fingers is going to do one week, and Royfield is going to do the other week. Yes. So we're doing takey turns. Takey turns. Awesome. But you're stuck with me. No bugger swaps with me. <laughs> right, now, um, why don't you hit us with some tweets? Cobby Horse said, David and Ruth left helpless after eight, 86-year-old housekeeper takes unauthorised time off. <laughs> mm. I forgot she was 86. That's nuts, isn't it? A.A. Um, a. Nettle said, Amir and Aziz, some of the finest coconut shells this side of the Edgeley Road. Yes, there was a <laughs> lot of coconutting this time. And poor old Lillian lying there in the pine cones, groaning. Um, Bob Hawkins said, the soft fruit industry has been saved by footloose stately home heirs taking the place of EU migrant workers. Apparently, genuinely, one person has applied to be a fruit picker since Brexit. One, one British person. Mm. One. Yes, it's a horrible job. Willem Harvey said cheese and tomato sandwiches all ruth's food is based on what she's read on pizza boxes <laughs> <laughs> that's true she's probably doing it with they're not lollies they're frozen oven chips ruth um and mrs trellis the only way is up said had tom saying there should be an offer on the table within 24 hours trust me then them saying is this it and her going uh him going um no that seems to be an offer for a table <laughs> Yes, it mm. did. The money did was gradually dropping. When he when Tony got it back up again to nine hundred grand, I mm. was thinking, that's not bad going. If I was Justin, I'd have said no. Seven hundred and fifty, that's your lot, sling your rook, I'll find somewhere else. Yeah, but he does want the land too. But anyway, uh right. Well, he did. Uh, sorry, I've just remembered something else that annoyed me. Go on. The many millions of things that annoy me over the week. Mm. Why did Pat and Tony not say to Tom? Who was the advice from? Hmm, that's very good. No one asked him. Lillian said, correctly divined, it was Matt. But he, you know, they they let him completely reverse what they were going to do based on a conversation he had with somebody, and it cost them a hundred grand, and they're still expressing no curiosity whatsoever about who it was he spoke to. Hmm bizarre isn't it? it it is it is bizarre i think one of one of the elements of this that just to to comment on is the fact that tony and pat for some time now have been visibly audibly actually you know w- walking back from the day-to-day decisions in the in the farm haven't they and and they and they always make a point of you know, point of saying it, don't they? You know, Pat will say, you know, we need to let the kids make the decisions, etc., uh, etc. Et and they have to they have to trust that they're going to make the right ones. And this is much. And and Pat is always counselling Tony about this. Tony, you know, feels like he's been put out to pasture and his time isn't quite ready yet. Hence, he has to have the Anguses, etc., to play around with. And kind of viewed that way, it does make a little bit more sense as the reason why they've been, okay, well, you go off and do whatever the heck you want to do type of thing. 
we just have to trust you but you are completely utterly right you know, there's one million pounds on the table you can absolutely say who the hell were these people exactly who they were what their bony fire days what their credentials what have they done before how did you hear about them etc etc because it's yeah. not as if tom is moving in property no. developer fields day in day out yeah he just said oh I, I, I a reliable source told me and no one said well who who was it because they're clearly not a reliable source are they tom everyone's just gone oh all right then and that's it yeah. <laughs> so i'd be wanting to know who it was particularly tony who who always wants to wade in and fix things so if he if he'd found out that it was matt he'd have gone round and you know sloshed him one or he'd want to know who it was so he could go round and slosh them one yeah true yeah. You went very husky then. Did I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. We best wrap up this mama jammer. Okay. Really. <laughs> right. Do you know what I've got to do now? What's that? I've been caught by speed watch bloody Linda and her and her held in her hair dryer up. Oh, how fast are you to doing? Do I was doing 35 in a 30. That's harsh. Sake. I know. Wait a minute, but, a wait, wait, but wait a minute, isn't it ten percent plus? You would like over by like one mile an hour or something. Yeah. Because so, so they at least give you ten percent over. So that's thirty-three miles an hour. Then I thought you got another two on top. Well, I don't. They hate me. I've got to go and do a speed awareness course. Wow. I don't want to be shown pictures of old ladies being run over at pedestrian crossings. Mm. Four hours it is. It's my own fault. Well. Yes, you did break the okay. law. I did. Have you got speeding tickets? Um, I'll tell you what I do have. I have a ticket um, for me dry, um, being on those cross hatches. Oh, yes. And it's just the back tyres, and I can't believe oh. it. It's a hundred and odd quid, and it's yes. just the back tyres. Oh, I, I misjudged it. thought yeah. I could just squeeze up behind this other car, yeah. and it's the but back. But also, if someone else is selfish and decides to go through the lights, you get stuck. And then you get punished for it, don't you? Because mm, exactly. you think, oh, good, we'll all move along nicely. Oh, no, we won't, because the milk floats decided to break sharply for milk no reason. Float? Or something. Well, whatever You've gone is. back in time. <laughs> I haven't. We haven't. No, we have a milk float here. Really? Yeah, my milk comes on for the... My milkman delivers it on a milk float. Good grief. It's I the 1950s in Waltham, Stowe. It's lovely. <laughs> all right. Well, um... Moving swiftly on, I've got to say this. Dumptydum.com, folks, go there. It's got stuff happening. Dumpty Dogs, Dumpty Mogs. Um, it's got Lucy's monologues. It's got a forum. Uh, you know, you know, since Yokel Bear's taken over our Twitter feed, mm -hmm. it's now so much better that I nearly made one of his tweet of the week and then realised it was us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I can't. <laughs> it's too good now. <laughs> I did like the first publicity shot of Hilda. No, that was, that, yes. That was very good. That was very good. Um, well done, Yoko Bear. Um, you're awesome. Not that you needed me to tell you that, but you are. On dungeon.com, folks, you can go, if you sign up, you can go and create your own articles on there because, you know, it's, it's not the Royfield and Lucy show. Well, I suppose this one. Oh, it's not. It's not the Royfield, Lucy and Naked Fingers show. Um, it's we're, we're a community. And on that note, I just need to like big up Mr. Mike Hatton, who every month goes on to dumdydum.com and posts the character statistics of which character has had the most appearances. And 
it is the most visited pages actually on dumdydum.com and they also get uh, retweeted by BBC The Archers. So dumdydum.com, folks, go there. It's got loads of stuff there, uh, whether it's character statistics or whether it is the forum or even Tractor, where you can go pin yourself to the map and see if there are any Archers-loving dumdydum fans that live close by. Uh, so, yeah, go there. It's awesome. Um, Lucy. Yes. How many ways are there that oh, people... <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two. One, two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. Mm. And um, was it last month, um, your monies, folks, helped to go and pay for uh, Ultimate Member which means that you can actually go and sign up and then also um, have the forum. So uh, your money doesn't go into our back pockets and keep us in uh, the the Rolls-Royce lifestyle, which we are <laughs> accustomed. It helps to keep the website up. So keep donating. Now, folks, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website or you can call us on 0203 0313105 to leave us a message on social media specifically twitter you can find myself and juicy loose on the twitters as dumpty dum should we say and and yokel there as dumpty dum and um i am at royfield and uh on the book of face if you want to go there and chill out with the millie bell and yokel there show you can do that by typing in dumpty dum Hmm. Any last thoughts, Freeman? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Hmm. I'm just worried about me, me trap, me trap, me thingy, my my course, my speed awareness course. What time? You... If anyone's done one, can you tweet Dumpty Dum and tell me what it was like? Because I'm a bit frightened. Hmm. Did I tell you that I? past my Californian driving test. I must have. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. They do. They drive at least five to ten miles an hour slower. Do us. they? Yeah, yeah, they do in the States. It, it's so noticeable on motorways and they're much more courteous as well in terms of letting, you know, other cars pull out in, in front of them. But Oh, really? But they have so many more accidents you know you drive along the motorway the freeway over there and one one you know one time a day you'll see you know the you know the aftermath of an accident and and i couldn't kind of figure this out considering they drive demonstratively slower than we do and um, somebody pointed out to me and says well it's because they're all driving automatics that actually they're less Aware, they're less in the moment of actually driving the car because they just put their foot down and they and they just tootle. So you do get many more ah. elderly drivers, etc. Yeah, oh. there is something about you know the very fact of having to change gears and listening to engine notes. You're much more present in the moment. Ah, which made when it was put to me like that it made a whole load of sense. I'm like, you guys drive so much slower, and there are many more accidents many more generally that you know they're relatively low collision but yeah people are kind of in a little bit of a stupor just put their foot down and then and they just go you know so it actually makes sense that way well 
I have got this thing on my car. My car mm. is um, a hybrid. What's it? And it's got a thing where you can lock onto the car in front and set what, an your tractor maximum... beam. Yeah, like you, can, you can. You, you can. <laughs> wow. Tools to manual. You can. Um, pr- uh, um, you can. You lock onto the car in front and you mm. set a maximum speed limit, and then you can just take all your feet off the pedals, and it will just follow that car down the motorway. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was doing that yesterday on my way back. And I suddenly realized I was thinking about something completely different. And I wasn't. I, I, I thought, Lucy, what is the car in front of you? And I sort of thought, I'm not really concentrating. I've, I've, this is so relaxing. Because you know when you've got like 37 miles ahead of you where you don't turn off anywhere. Mm. And you just get behind somebody and just go da 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 and have a nice think while your mind mm. just wanders and then i suddenly thought this is not an opportunity for a nice mind wander i should be concentrating <laughs> with every fiber of my being mm. on driving this this potential you know lethal weapon that i'm i'm, I'm some idiots put me in charge of mm. and i thought this is a bit too comfortable this is slightly too relaxing i think they need one of those de- dead handle things like they have in the in the tube train to stop them going to sleep and driving into the back of something else mm. well i it's interesting last year and i know i did mention this on the show when i jumped into that tesla and you know which is like the the driverless um, yeah car that freaks me out and <laughs> bill took his hands off the steering wheel put them on his lap and the car just and kept just on driving and, and actually it did indicate and go into the next lane and overtook another car because he <gasps> put it on i don't know 60 or whatever the heck so he's cruising at 60 and it came up against this slower car and it's indicated and you're like wow all right wow 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 but it does you know it very it does buzz after like three or four minutes and say put your hands back on the wheel so it doesn't oh, really? uh, yes it, it, it does. doesn't let you get too does. too relaxed no 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 and i don't know whether you know this but you know somebody died in a tesla um, last yeah, I know year. there have been a few oops nasties, haven't yeah. there? Yeah, and there's one guy lo- lost his life. And actually, when the, all the reports now, they've done all the analysis and the inquiry, and actually he was repeatedly ignoring the request to put his hands back on the wheel. Uh, and, he, uh, and he'd spent 90% of the journey with his hands not on the wheel. So they, they think that basically he'd fallen asleep because he didn't make any attempt when it was careering um, to the lorry uh, to swerve or to apply the brakes. So it it appears that actually what's happened is he's he's got in the car, plotted the the destination and basically just nodded off. (gasps) Oh, God. You get this buzzing and and a a little alarm goes off to say, put your hands on the wheel. After three or four minutes, it's, you know, it's not that long a time. It's not that long a time. You know, and you can just put your hands on them Right, and then take it off again. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't at all. This guy, so. Lie me. I think having driven in New York, or not driven, but been driven in New York, what terrified me there was the 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 antagonism between the yellow cab drivers there Mm. and the Uber drivers, because every other car is an Uber, and all the ones that aren't Ubers are yellow cabs, and it's just kind of. it is absolutely uh, sort of elbow to elbow, 
uh, we're not going to let you in. We're not going to stop. We're not going to, you know, we're going to force you into a lane you don't want to be in. All right, we're going to grudgingly let you in and then hoot like mad, you know. And I was thinking, would this actually be better if you took the emotion out of it? And the, because, you know, there's a lot of antagonism, obviously, between between traditional cabs and, and Uber and stuff. Um and uh, I think would, it, would, it, would this be better if we kind of um, took made it emotionless by handing it all over to the um, you know artificial intelligence, or is, would this just be even more chaotic? I, I, I don't know whether it's human intervention at certain times makes it worse. Mm. Well, the, looking at the stats of car accidents um, over um, kind of driverless car accidents even though this guy died in in a tesla the amount of miles we've been racked up by the, by those those cars they are actually already safer than if you put a human really? being on they're already safer yeah yeah you know you, you you look at it and it's appreciably they are safer considering that um in a lot of states in america you know they're not even legal on the road and and there are so many various different caveats as to where they can drive and when they can drive so i remember the last time the last day i was actually in california actually in san francisco i saw two uber um test cars and you know that they are the the, the uber uh, driverless cars because they have so many cameras actually on top because there's, there's cameras right. pointing in every direction and it looks a bit like a it's a regular car but then the top of it looks like a bit of a spaceship it's all that at the future because they're you know they're hitting um you know these you know these cameras are just pointing absolutely in every direction and and it when it came up to a set of traffic lights and it, there is somebody behind the wheel by law there has to be because imagine if you're not paying attention all of a sudden you're driving you see these cars driving by itself you know you, it's going to cause an accident you know your mouth will fall open yeah you know and uh, and your career often and go and hit somebody but it did come up to a set of traffic lights and uh, stop and then successfully on a turn right i was like bloody hell and then five minutes later another one came by you know but they are safer already and i've always been you know i've gone from being loving uber to understanding if i am a black cab or a yellow cab driver in in new york understanding why you would be so anti them because you know you've gone off if you're a black cab driver and you've done the knowledge haven't you you spent two years yeah absolutely. trying to learn 180 routes road I by road Uber wherever i can i don't really dislike it well and the thing is as a as a company and as a culture they're not nice people no you know, they're sexist he's left now hasn't he the, yeah the yeah he, Kalanick, yeah he was told told to go but then there is this is there is this other side and being a person of color it has to be said the one time that i'm reminded that i am black and i'm a second class citizen is when it is after the hours of i don't know let's say nine o'clock and i've got a i've got to hail a black cab you know really you be you be black and be male and try and order a black cab in london after nine and you know what they sail by the lights are on and they sail by and i only say i'm not one to talk about my color my ethnicity and the disadvantage that goes with it because actually i'm not but that is the time when i'm reminded and i say that because an uber will pick you up regardless and it was really interesting that in new york a couple of years ago well bill de blasio the new mayor came into town and was really hard on uber 
it was actually it was actually ethnics in the outer boroughs that went whoa 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 no they pick us up they come and they pick us up and because he was support he was completely supportive of the yellow cab drivers who have to pay for their licenses etc etc and they have to go through various checks to be able to drive but it was you know people of my skin hue that said no we actually quite like this uber thing yeah you know so it's it's a complicated thing you know there's absolutely no two ways about it we are living in the last days of of humans driving cars and we're living in the last days of you know taxi drivers needing to know exactly the route to get from from a to b because google will tell you this is the most efficient route and oh by the way there is a a congestion on this road so we're going to drive around this road which is you know you can't there is no way that even if you've been driving a black cab for 30 years you don't have that level of knowledge you know you might know the most efficient route but you do not you do not know that there is uh congestion on on the marleybone road so let's take a little slip road you don't know that whereas with this real-time intelligence from from google you do so you know, in 15 years' time, we'll be we'll look at this conversation and say that it was a, a total anachronism. Yeah, yeah. Driving a car will be something like riding a horse, something you do yeah. is, is kind of pleasurable than just a, a yeah. slight, you know, a weekend hobby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Limey. Exactly. Mm. More but... Jeremy Clarkson. Always a bright side. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Freeman. Shall we say goodbye? We will. Goodbye. Right. To Luke. By the way, you're the meanest person I know you are, you know. Proper mean, Lucy Freeman. Why? Why? What have I done now? Oh, Roy feels an attention-seeking drama queen. You are an attention-seeking drama queen. I just thought it was time that that we stopped beating about the bush. That's a bit rich. That's all I'm saying. Bit rich. What? I'm an attention-seeking drama queen. I'm not threatening to leave every two minutes on Twitter. Just to get people going, oh, no, please don't leave. Wait a minute. Number one, right? I've been saying this since since week two, right? This is only a temporary <laughs> thing. <laughs> Three years later, right? So I oh, anyway, hmm. and anyway, you periodically say to me, "I don't want to do this anymore." No, right. I said it once properly and meant it. No, you said it more than once, actually, Lucy. If you, uh, yes, you've said it three Uh-oh. times, and each time I thought you were serious and that you meant it. Okay. Anyway. Yes, let's don't put it on social media just so that everyone goes, oh no, please don't go. Well, I'm being eased out. So. You're not, though. Oh, don't start this again, otherwise I'll just stop completely. Let's just do the thing. Oh. All right then. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.